I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in hot. And we are back. This is the Fat Packs Podcast on the Beckett Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Eric Norton, and joined to me, uh, joined by, wow, I can't say a damn thing. <laughs> Joining me today is my good friend and former co-host, now current co-host, Derek Ficken. What's yeah, up, Derek? Yeah, what up, man? Good to see you. Good to be on. You're, I got tongue-tied because you're so far away. I'm so, yeah, I'm in another state. Technically, I'm in Oklahoma, but somehow we're in the same building, so it's, there you go. It feels a little weird, but yeah. uh, but here we are. <laughs> right. uh, before we get started, I want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, uh, Badger Breaks, Dynasty Breaks, and part, uh, Pastime Marketplace. Go check out Pastime Marketplace for all your uh, graded card cases needs. Uh, we gave a couple out at the National. I still have one here in the office that uh, we have displayed over in our, our breaking area. And, of course, Dynasty Breaks, um, giving you that $5 credit off for all new customers and uh, Badger Breaks. Kyle's doing his thing over there. Don't miss him over there. What's up? What's up, man? How are you doing? Good, man. It, you know, busy. Uh, on, let's see, weekend two of three in a row of uh, working at shows. Okay. Uh, was at, uh, shout out to Grand Slam, was at Nathan Burns shop last Friday. Sure. Uh, went to the uh, Lighthouse Christian School show um, in Nashville on Saturday. That looks small, but it, like really full. Yeah, so it was like 200 or so tables yeah. um, in two different gyms. Uh, one gym didn't have AC, so that Ugh. was uh, interesting. Thank God it wasn't the gym I was in. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's definitely, in my opinion, the largest, fastest growing show in the country. Right. Um, just because of where it is, um, you know, location-wise, in the region, there's so many, you know, big dealers around that. Um, the the show promoter Jeff Roberts is literally a class act individual. He he's very awesome, and um, it's just funny to see. Well, it's not funny, but it's great to see how quickly it's grown from one gym, maybe a hundred tables, to now two gyms with over two hundred tables. Um, and I mean, he had Raymond Barry um, as okay, an autograph nice. signer a while back for free which is crazy. Um, he does a lot of stuff with the Tennessee Vols. Um, uh, Denny McLean obviously set up a few times, but um, definitely a show to check out twice a year. Um, and uh, obviously I'm not getting paid to talk about this, but it, right. it, I, I'm serious. It's a great show. So if you're in the Nashville, you know, Tennessee, Kentucky area, um, definitely check it out. It's a lot of fun. It looks like a – somebody called it the National – the Nashville National. The Nashville National? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hard to say. <laughs> it, it, but it looks really packed for what it is. So. Yeah. It, it's um, Once you get there, though, it, it, there, there's a method behind everything. You know, a okay. method behind a madness or whatever you, you know, say. And, um, you know, there's so much different stuff that's there. You know, I remember um, I haven't been able to walk around the show in a, in a while, but I do remember, um, you know, packs you know people busting stuff uh singles displayed um but guys that had you know autograph memorabilia uh funkos um even uh replica championship rings okay you know so it's 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 a a plethora of of items for the collectors out there um you know for your collecting needs and um just i'm a big fan of of who runs it you know what i mean i'm i'm always trying to help guys that are just good genuine people you know Mm -hmm. and um you know it's it's uh it's something to where 
um, you know, that show is definitely growing in, and hopefully we can get it to maybe a two day show next time, you know, but, right. um, Jeff is, is one of the hardest working people there. And, um, he, he's, he's just a class act dude. All the way. All yeah, right. you know for what? sure. I totally forgot new products and pricing, so I gotta go it's back okay. a little Let's bit. It's okay. Let's go backwards. Uh, so new new pricing, uh, archives uh, is is priced for you, uh, man. I don't know how he did it because this stuff is so low numbered, but luminaries is now priced for you. So, oh wow! So good job. Shout uh, out to Fleischer. To Fleischer getting oh, that done. There. Actually doing some work around here uh, for once. <laughs> Ultimate Collection hockey <laughs> is priced for you. Um, Man, Fleischer works his butt off for real. You like, sure about that? He really does. You, I, I know that we like to give him hell a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But he works he like I he's like the filter for okay. our like everything that gets ran through him. Yeah. And then it, it And it then tri- it goes trickles down yeah. to y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Fleischer takes the blunt of a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So uh, No, I love I love Brian. He does really well. All right, yeah. and then uh new products wise, um Panini Contenders baseball draft picks. Uh, Panini Prism Racing Tops Archive Signature Series uh, Retired Edition is out on the non-sport side of things. Uh, 2019 uh, Star Wars Journey to the Episode Nine Rise of Skywalker, and something probably near and dear to your heart, only because I know that you've interviewed quite a few of these ladies all at one time. Uh-oh. Uh oh. 2019 Benchwarmers 25 Year Series two, Series Two. That yeah, that was uh <laughs> that was my single days. Yeah, single Derek. We had some fun with the Benchwarmers ladies. Uh, shout, shout out to them. I was not there for that. I heard the interview. Uh, yeah. That was tough, man. <laughs> yeah. That was a tough interview just because, obviously, I am a very professional dude. Right. Duh, you know, I, you know um, no. But um, it's just one of those things that, um, I'll be honest, I didn't know a whole lot about Bench Warmer uh, products before that. And um, uh, one of the girls, unfortunately, well, she's no longer with Bench Warmer, but uh, Jessica, uh, uh-huh. Jessica Kinney. Um, I hopefully I said her last name right, but she was one of the um, ladies that was actually breaking the product. Okay. Um, at the industry summit and at you know I saw her at the national, um, and she is. Uh, it was crazy to see all that. You know, to I mean, it's not just a pretty face. You know, they were well versed with the product. They knew sure. what they were talking about. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that's an interview I will never forget. That's for sure. Um. That's all I'll say. <laughs> bench, bench warmer at the industry summit has a certain someone's name that I can't mention written all over it. Okay, like, but I just can't see bench warmer being at the industry summit now. Like, yeah, um, it's. Uh, I do remember. I mean, the last time the industry summit was in Vegas when I went, I don't know when that was. Two, three, it was like two years ago. Yeah, some, maybe three years ago. But yeah, I'm three. Yeah, yeah, um, but. The room that they were in to to showcase their products, and they did a breaking session. Um, it was packed. Oh, of course, obviously. It was. <laughs> so yeah. it's one of those things. Like, hey, you know, it is what it is. You know, like it or, or hate it. You know, it's it's there. Um, it's in demand, I guess. So. That's like getting juicy honey to the University Summit. <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. If, if you don't know what juicy honey is. Don't go look it up on don't, the work computer. Don't Google it. Yeah, okay. don't Google it. It's not. Yeah. It's not. Um, stuff sells for money, though. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't. I don't get it. No. Uh, yeah. So uh, it, it was a good interview, though. It was fun. <laughs> it was, yeah, it, it sounded like fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know what? We haven't. Uh, how do I? How do I intro this? Oh boy. Uh, on the next episode of Try Not to Get Subpoenaed, uh, we haven't. <laughs> 
That's right. <laughs> this is the first time since then. Yeah. I got I got in trouble for what I said. I guess. Yeah, that's that's uh, neither here nor there. But we haven't right. talked. We haven't talked on this in this format since the national or before the national. Yeah. Um, I and I know that we're going back a few months now, but like it was business as usual at the national. Yeah. And it, it was like that across the board. Yeah. Not just with us, with PSA, yeah. with with everyone involved. Yeah. yeah it was. Uh, you know, it was one of those things. Personally, I was, I was, I wasn't scared, but I was worried. You know, sure. I do take things pretty personally, and and I can get butt hurt just like everyone else. So I was afraid to uh, to have those trolls come up to me. But obviously, trolls mainly reside on the internet behind a computer. Yeah. So um, I, yeah, I didn't. I don't. Just trying to think about it. I don't think I had anyone come up to me and even ask about you know, anything associated with it, which, you know, you always have the, the, the smart ass, you know, come sure. up and, and try and, um, you know, laugh it off. And, and, but for me, no, I didn't have any issues. It was business as usual. Um, from what I heard, PSA had a line out the, out the sure wazoo. Yeah. Yeah. so, you know, it is what it is. You know, I, I, I hear all the, the frustrations and anger, but I stand by what I said. Right. So subpoena me again. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> you know. I, I. You know. Whatever. It's a. It's. It's a sad. It's a sad state of affairs when that all that side of it gets drug into this. Sure. You know, it's not fun. But nah, man. It, it, we laugh it off, but in, in all seriousness, it's it's a sad state of it affairs. It is. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing is, you know, I've realized there's a, a silent majority out there that we're just in it to have fun. Sure. You know, and collect what we want to collect and. Um, as long as you're a, an ethical person and an, a moral, you know, you have a, a what do you say, morality or yeah, whatever. Standard, yeah, yeah it's it just do you. And the people who take advantage or abuse what they have, hey, it is what it is. And, you know, I'm a peon when it's all said and done. Yeah. You know, it was pretty crazy to to actually see my face on a website for, for calling me <laughs> Fort Knox or whatever. But whatever they can enjoy their rolexes <laughs> yeah they can um so i i gotta ask this though because okay. it's we i just mentioned contenders baseball uh, draft picks coming out like how much contenders draft picks basketball have you guys oh, seen man. come through come yeah, yeah yeah so the um i think the day of or i don't because they they the server crashed right right the first off the line stuff, yeah, yeah so so that crash and that kind of i guess delayed it maybe a few days something uh, yeah, like, like that i think it was two days but um once people actually got the products man we saw same days coming in like crazy sure. zions we saw a zion rj barrett duel come in i think got a gem mint 10 gem mint with the 10 auto i mean um so you know probably for a good week to two weeks all we saw was was, was contenders yeah. basketball it's, and, it's and they were and they were they were looking very clean it's um I think it's a great foreshadowing of what's going to happen when prison basketball comes out. And, oh, 100%. And it's going to be Just, just the entire basketball product line. Well, yeah. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? As Every long time. As, yeah, as long as Zion's involved and, and the rookie class that's out there are, um, you know, doing – Doing what they're supposed to do, sure. Um, you know, we're we're gonna have another strong basketball year, which Absolutely. I'm excited for. I, it's gonna it's gonna drive the drive the hobby this year. You know, I yeah, and, I hope yeah. Because and I wanted to talk to you about this, and and maybe we can hash it. You know, later if you, if we have some stuff to talk about. But you know, people are talking about a possible recession. 
mm-hmm. know, in 2020. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone, I'm not going to mention the name, but someone brought it up. You know, what, what are your thoughts on um, this, um, these thoughts and these fears of a recession coming in um, to, um, to, you know, what is it going to do to the, to the card collecting world, the, the industry, mm-hmm. you know, not the hobby? Um, so I wanted to get your thoughts about so that. So you weren't there, but uh, at the summit this, this year, uh, Brian Gray in his Gray's Anatomy speech mm. spoke about this very same thing. Yeah. And um, it's out. I, I recorded it. It's on Twitter, on Periscope, if you want to go look at it. It's, it's like 55 minutes. So if you've got an nice. hour to go to Kill. listen to it, yeah. you, can go, you can go do that. But in short, he, he talks about the same. It, it's coming. Like it, it's – Supposed to happen, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and what he was saying was like, you need to be smart now to prepare for it. You mm-hmm. know, so be be frugal, uh, be smart about. I hate calling them investments because, mm-hmm. but be smart about your investments. Yeah, uh, sp- speaking specifically to cards. Yeah, and watch what you're doing. Uh, I I think part of the reason that you're seeing these astronomical prices on cards right now is because people know that it's coming. Mm. Like. The first that first Zion that went up that yeah. was like what was it ninety well the first one that went up it was like two hundred and fifty thousand or something like that something it was no well the thing was it. is like it was posted and then when like forty two minutes it was oh it was it was four figures and then mm. like within an hour and a half or two hours past that it was five figures and then wow you know it got up to six figures yeah and I talked about it then that's just stupid on our part. Yeah, because people are shilling that up. Sure. Yeah, and it's obvious. Yeah, it's it's, it's clearly it's 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 so stupid. Yeah. So in the end, that card ended up selling for I think like forty five hundred or five thousand dollars or something like okay. that. Okay. Because eBay went in there, and well, they knocked it all back down. Sure. To legit bids. Yeah. And uh, you know, just, I I saw uh, I don't what was it? It was a Baker Mayfield Lamar Jackson one on one autograph from. Uh, Flawless Collegiate. Okay. And it was yeah. listed at $100,000. Oh, my God. I mean, Just an autograph, dual auto? Yeah, dual yeah. auto. And, I mean, come on. Yeah. I think that right now people, this whole, you know, the recession is coming. I get sure. it. Yeah. Uh, cards are an investment. I yeah. get what. Okay, whatever. And <laughs> yeah. I think that's why you're seeing some of the ask prices that you're seeing. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's it's stupid. It, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, and you know, it's just one of those things. Um, the economy, it's it's always a cycle. Yeah, you know, and right. and we just hope and, and pray that it won't get as bad as what it was. You know, the right. last time around. Um, but you know, it, it's just one of those things. It, it it's interesting to hear the investment talk. You know, with with cards, I, just because I'm just a collector. You right. know, I got my crappy you, you know you see all sure. my crap in my you know my <laughs> office it's just randomness you know right um and some of it's cool but some of it's just pc stuff man so it's like I'm, i can't i can't live off that you know <laughs> so you know my my uh, roger craig rookie card but um but yeah so it, it's it's gonna be interesting to see i hope i hope we get out of it quicker than what happened sure. you know the last time around because that one that one hurt that one stung speaking specifically to an economic point of view the state of Texas didn't have it as bad as the rest of the United States last time around. Oh, really? Because Texas prepared for it, mm, right? Mm. So I think from ec- the economic side of it, um, the I think Texas will be okay because we not much has changed since then sure. here in this state. Yeah. Uh, from the card side of things, this this bubble we've been on this bubble for a while. Yeah, yeah, and. I think car companies or manufacturers are still doing things right. Mm-hmm. They're not overproducing. They're not, uh, you know, 
putting they're not flooding the market. This is not 1988 again. Yeah. But it, they've got really look ruck, really lucky with some rookie classes lately. Yes. In in multiple sports. In multiple sports, yeah. right? So I don't know how long that I mean looking ahead, the quarterback class for next season mm. looks a lot better than what this season did. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, this season you've really lucked out so far yeah. with with Gardner Minshew and Daniel Jones. Yeah. So, sure. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is you'll always have those diamonds in the rough that no one thought of. You know, the the perfect example is Brady, you know, when Brady was a redemption in, mm-hmm. in playoff, you know, right. and, and people wanted whoever the hell it was and they got that guy and they're like, oh, crap, you right. know, and then boom, 20 years later, however long it's been, you know, look at him now. Right. So it's just one of those things where you'll always, in my opinion, have that. But yeah, the 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 stronger the draft class, the better off it is up front. Right. You know that drives it, and then the season will just play it play itself out. Sure. So it's it's interesting. What but, do you, What do you think about Panini coming back to the hockey market? Uh, that is uh, breaking news to me. Not I had no okay. idea. <laughs> so, uh, I found this interesting. Yeah. Okay, so they're releasing score hockey. Okay. Cool. It has a grand total of two players in it. Oh really? Yes. Okay. Uh, it, it, so it's a it's a online only, fourteen ninety nine a pack. You get two cards. One it, one. It's I've, you know, I'm going to butcher their name, so I'm not even going to try to say it. But they're both New York Rangers. Okay. And it's the number two overall draft pick and the number nine overall draft pick. Okay? Gotcha. So uh, you're going to get two cards in each pack. No logos. No logos. Yeah. Uh, one card is going to be an autograph, and the other card is going to be a parallel or an insert of some of some sort. Huh. And then, so every other pack, you're going to get one or the other rookie autographs. Interesting. I think Panini coming back to the hockey market is something actually that we that was just like not in broad circles, but in kind of inner circles. It was uh, we we knew something was coming. Mm. Last national in Cleveland, like oh really? Yeah, like it was something was something was in, in the works. Yeah. Yeah. And not saying that Panini was directly involved with that, but sure. like there was going to be something with some with some other manufacturer. Now, yeah. we, now we see it in a form of a two pack, a two card pack. Well, I mean, you got to start somewhere, I guess. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's interesting. That that's that's very interesting to hear. And and uh, I mean, hopefully the the draft picks work out. Yeah. You know, because you're, in my opinion, you're going to gamble on these two guys to you know, hope they, they become the stars that they should be, you know, or, or where they're drafted at. But it's very interesting to hear that. that um, I, I don't know what I think about that. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, um, you know, it, it's something to where I, I've said it on the radio show for years now. I love competition. Right. So the exclusives, you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of, I get it, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I, you know, I do like the competition to make each other accountable for, for your products. But, um, yeah, two car pack online only. That's that's interesting. We'll see I, how it plays out. So my loan loan complaint about it, and everybody's gonna complain about the logos, and I get sure. I, I yeah. take that standpoint if yeah. you want to. Low hanging fruit, right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, in my mind, is only gonna cause more division among collectors about exclusives. Yeah, but that, but that, but that's an easy. You know, that's the easy. Um, I don't want to call it an argument, but that's an easy conversation for people to have. You yeah. know, they're always going to bring that up. Sure. You know, and and and, um, and so it's one of those things. Panini's just trying something new, or they're you know restarting something that they had. Mm-hmm. But you know, if, I mean, I've never worked for a card company, so I don't know how it works. But 
you know, if I was able to do something like that, I, you know, I'd love to have a full product, you know, right. even, even keep it online only, you sure. know, but you know, have, have more than two players in my opinion, but yeah, I don't that, know. that would be, that would be, uh, better (laughs) (laughs) but i yeah you know it would be interesting to to hear you know like um one of the guys at panini talk about it sure get their official thoughts and and you know not the company answer but you know legitimately right you know um uh just to see where where their minds are at and and where they view this it's just a stepping stone you know what i mean and and that's what people also have to remember it's this isn't how it's going to be from this point forward it might i don't know but um and from what it looks like, they're just starting it up again to make it something more grand. Absolutely. So, yeah, we'll see. That's interesting. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah. I'll take a quick moment here to mention our sponsors again. Dynasty Breaks. Go check them out on Facebook and uh, on their website. Uh, Badger Breaks. Check them out as well. And, of course, if you need a graded card case, go check out Bill over at Pastime, um, yeah, Pastime Marketplace online. Tell them the Fat Pack sent you and uh, see if you can get one of those beautiful graded card cases. They just have a new design come out, too. Yeah, those are nice. Those are, those are really nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, I know that we got to wrap this up because we got we to get back to work, but um, I got to get your thoughts on something. Okay. This weekend. Yes. Something amazing is happening. I'm going to Wichita, Kansas? Well, no, not no? that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> The Wu Tang Clan is here in Dallas. No way. The Wu. The Wu. Wow. And, uh, I'm I'm not gonna go because I'm a family man. I'm, I'm almost forty. You're almost forty. I got two You're kids. I yeah. yeah. I can't take my kids to the Wu Tang Clan, right? <laughs> You're probably not yet. <laughs> yeah. Yet. Yeah. But this is a reunion tour, or you know, like a one more 25th time. Twenty fifth something. Yeah. yeah Twenty fifth anniversary. I'm really excited about that. But uh, are you going to yeah. see any shows this? Or have you seen any shows this summer? So. Um, Funny you mentioned that I'm going to see Tame Impala tonight um, at the Toyota Music Factory, okay. which is a new concert venue here, which is super awesome. Um, I, I was talking to one of the guys in the back. They're like a neo-psychedelic rock group, which right. is something I've never heard before, but that's how they call them on Spotify, so there you go. Um, Tame Impala, they're great. James Blake, a very good electronic hip-hop um, person, producer, uh, and does a lot of cool stuff with. Uh, he did something with RZA, Andre 3000 on his new album. Okay. Uh, Travis Scott for all you youngins out there. Um, Metro Boomin, the the big producer. So seeing him on Friday. So I got one tonight. Got one on Friday. The good thing about ACL Austin City Limits being here two weekends is that those bands want to make some cash. Sure. So they like coming to Dallas during those weeks. So that's that's kind of where I get all my all, all my concert fix. But uh, the one I'm really excited for in uh, October 13th or 19th, Tenacious D. Tenacious D is coming back. Yeah, they're baby. coming back through here. Huh? Hell yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go. <laughs> I got tickets. So you mentioned a name there that I want to bring up because it, this will tie into collecting. Actually, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> Travis Scott. Travis Scott. Yes, sir. First of all, his his line of Nikes are his, yeah. those that are Jordans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can't find them, right? Nope. Yeah, they're 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 yeah they're incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nuts. So for you shoe clip your sneakerheads out there, if you can find some Travis Scotts, let me know about them. Yeah, get them. Yeah, yeah definitely sure. do that. But uh, we're gonna wrap this up in a pretty bow. <laughs> the Saturday morning we landed in Vegas for um, the industry summit mm-hmm. was the fifteenth, the fifteenth, something like that, fourteenth. Okay, and um, Travis Scott was playing that night there oh really and like it was 7 30 8 o'clock in the morning and the buzz around that city 
for Travis Scott at that early in the morning was yeah. palpable. Really? Yeah, like this guy is like the rage against the machines for for kids for, right now. Yeah, for kids right now. It's and, crazy, yeah. man. I you know I I don't uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Travis Scott. Yeah, neither am I. You know but, what I mean? But I I I respect the hell out of him. Sure. You know. Um, I am officially, I think, at that stage in my life where I'm considered old, you know, for the hip hop generation, uh-huh. you know. So, you know, I'm 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 more into the J. Coles and and the Kendricks, sure. Even though I think they're still relevant, but you know, you got guys like Travis Scott and Lil Nas X or whatever his name is. They're they're taking over the world right now, <laughs> so man. Lil, Lil Nas X has a song called Panini. Did you yes, know that? Yes, <laughs> I heard the Panini remix. Yeah, I heard it too. Yeah, with the baby or whatever. Yeah, that's that's yeah. nuts. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the freaking Panini. We got to hit up Tracy, man. Get, yeah. get that as a theme song. That needs to be a theme song. Yeah. Now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Panini. Yeah. No. So yeah. I was I, yeah I was asking about that because uh, I know that you like I I kind of live vicariously through you in the concerts that you okay. get to go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> well. I, I'm getting older, Eric. I'm I'm not 24 like like I yeah. I used to be when we first met, and I was going to concerts probably once a week. But I'm still I'm still holding on to hope, you know, that so, I can still survive the pit. As soon as you get married, yeah, that's gonna die down a lot more, and then you're gonna yeah. have kids, and it's yeah. gonna be over. It's so. just completely over. It's just gonna be yeah. completely done. <laughs> that oh man, you just uh, you just made me depressed. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I do I do want to mention that this is Slamoween, our annual uh, all things wrestling, boxing, sweet UFC. Uh, we got a great interview coming up with uh, David Peck uh, on, on the other side of this break coming up. But since it is Slamoween, before I, I let you get out of here, uh, it, who who's your favorite all time wrestler? Oh man, come on now. That that's tough. Um uh putting me on the spot. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to be um I so I have a personal thing with this guy, uh family, you know, stuff like that, but Goldberg. Okay. Um as a kid watching Goldberg on WCW just completely annihilate everyone uh-huh. with the with the what was it? The sledgehammer move. The sledgehammer. Yeah. yeah. Um as a whatever I was a eight-year-old kid sure I, I was just completely enamored by that guy and obviously didn't know what what wrestling was you know right um so i thought it was absolutely real and this dude was just coming in taking sure. you know just just taking it by storm so yeah I, I would say goldberg for the classics obviously nwo as as a whole as a okay. faction I, I, I think the nwo made me really into wrestling for a good 15 20 years all right so uh eight-year-old eight-year-old Derek is going to love this. Okay. Not only was Travis Scott performing in Las Vegas. Oh, no. Uh, the back-to-back greatest conventions I've ever seen <laughs> were, were happening as well. Okay. Both directly located in the hotel that we were Are in. you serious? Yes. Uh, one was Mr. Olympia. That's cool. Okay. Okay. That's I'm, sweet. I'm not, like, huge into bodybuilding or anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. Clearly. But, <laughs> <laughs> but Goldberg was there. Are you serious? Like walking around our hotel. And oh, like, dude. So that was really cool to see. Oh, man. And then the second, like, I can only hope to be as awesome as this when I get old. Okay. A line dancing convention took was taking place directly after Mr. Olympia. <laughs> okay. This thing was massive. When I tell you, like, I can't describe how big it was. Like a country line dance like, or like so, a... Um, so yeah, that was like the gist of it. It was uh-huh. country line dancing, but they had, like, they had Justin Bieber's Despacitos playing. Like, oh they, they, yeah, it was a little bit of like they were doing an electric slide. It was it was cool. <laughs> they had, it was massive. It was like four four big conference halls. They had four freaking dance floors. Wow, 
they had banners like our banners that we have here. Hang, yeah. They had six foot banners hanging from the ceiling of famous line dancers. Are you serious? And I walked in there and I was like, "This is amazing." This is- <laughs> <laughs> Did you partake? Did I, you get in? They wouldn't let you. They wouldn't let. Oh, but I was man. like, I have to be uh, like next year. I need I'm to be a part of this. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was. We left Thursday morning. Uh, no, yeah, we left that Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. That day, that later that afternoon, it was wrapping up. Hmm. And they flash mobbed the the hotel casino. Oh, really? And, and did la- line dancing out. Oh, that's in the cool. Casino. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, only in Vegas. Only man. in Vegas, right? That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. I wish I had had the chance to get a Bill Goldberg autograph, man. Man, he he was signing. That Are was, you serious? Yeah, he was signing. Oh my. That was you could have you could have hooked up the the yeah, old the man. old Goldberg uh, auto. Yeah, that would have been sweet. He ended Bre- he ended Bret Hart's career. Yeah, you know, Vince that, McMahon did that. No. No, it was it was Goldberg when he kicked him in the head and gave him a concussion. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was it was clearly it yeah. was clearly Goldberg. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, that's oh. it. Uh, hang tight uh, for the other end of this break. We come back with David Peck. It is uh, Slamoween, so enjoy that. Hang go. tight. We'll be right back. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to the Fat Pack. All right, guys, we're back after that quick break. Uh, again, this is Slamoween, and I'm really excited about this. This is my favorite month of the year because we, we get to talk wrestling and boxing and UFC and all things related to that kind of stuff. And as you know, in years past, we have uh, uh, highlighted sets and cards, but this time we're going to go really all in. And our first guest uh, for Slamoween this month, this year, is uh, Mr. David Peck. You, you see him all over Twitter with his awesome wrestling collection and i wanted to bring him back to talk about uh notable rookie cards uh from wrestling boxing ufc whatever wherever the conversation takes us but mr peck how are you doing this morning hey i'm doing good thanks for having me back on the show i really appreciate it i should say uh afternoon it is well past noon where you are on the east coast so uh let's just get into uh first i want to get an update on your set i mean your set registry that you have with psa how's that going well, we're in a holding pattern. It, um, as I said last time, the um, it's so difficult for me to uh, locate a card that will upgrade it. And there was one actually um, that came on eBay a couple months ago. But one of the challenges when you're bidding on um, cards that people know you need is um, seems like every once in a while you see a little funny business in the in the bidding. So. Um, <laughs> I couldn't quite tell. I kind of felt like maybe it was being shilled, so I just kind of let it pass. Okay. Um, you know, but it is what it is. I, I'd say the um, – I was – what I've been trying to do is I've been working a little more on my Hulk Hogan um, collection, and, you know, I'd rather spend – if I'm going to spend four or 500 bucks on a card, honestly, a lot of times I'd rather spend it on a card that can hold its value versus – if the population total changes a lot, you know, common plummets in value. So right now, you started probably with the biggest name that you could name is Hulk Hogan. Let's so let's just start there. What is considered Hulk Hogan's rookie card? Well, I think if if people are being honest with themselves, um, it's kind of like a situation like the fifty two tops mantle where. Uh, the 52 tops, like the 1982 Wrestling All-Stars Series A, is the most famous Hulk Hogan card. But 
what's happened actually is there is a trading card from 1981 um, that's a hard stock card, and it's called the 1981 Poppy. So that's kind of like the 51 Bowman Mantle or the um, 84 uh, Star Jordan, where I guess you could maybe call it an XRC. Um, but the Poppy card has really taken on a mind of its own because it's impossible to locate. Uh, there's, I want to say, only four of them so far graded. Um, and it's, it's a really fascinating situation because the 1981 Poppy uh, wrestling figures from Japan were the first uh, North American uh, wrestling performers, if you will, featured. So there's Hulk Hogan, there's Andre the Giant, uh, Harley Race and, and, a, and a handful of other people. I think there's 10 in the set. Well, what happens is the figures come uh, with also a blister pack full of seven cards. And for whatever reason, uh, the Hulk Hogan is the only one in the set where uh, his card is not featured on the front every single time. Nine out of 10 of them actually have Mil Mascaris on the front. So this um, is incredibly rare. I've seen two of them um, in the 10 years I've been searching for wrestling cards that have hit eBay. So, you know, I, I, I think the 82 All-Star is always going to be the more popular. But I think if people are um, advanced collectors, they're going to really want the 81 Poppy. Okay, that, that makes – and you said there's, those are coming from Japan? Yeah, so it's it, they're really cool. Matter of fact, I got one. Uh, earlier this year, uh, it was a really crazy story. Um, you mentioned that I'm active on Twitter. The uh, I had a, a guy who contacted me on there. He, he posted a photograph of the mint on the card, Hulk Hogan, with uh, the Hogan card. And, I mean, I about lost it. I, it, it's a, <laughs> it was a really – I mean, I was like, you know, uh, I, this is, I'm sure, an ear-friendly uh call so i won't use the words i actually use but i was really like couldn't believe it and so um i'm like you got to be kidding me so anyway i ended up working a deal with him that night and um i spent a lot on it but it um it's it's i'm gonna have to find another one because that's just too rare of a piece to actually open uh to get the card so but i did uh, get hulk hogan to sign the figure a couple months ago at, at the clearwater shop and you know, he loved it. He said he's seen it only a couple times, but actually in 81, his mom had one of those. Uh, but it's it's super rare, and it's definitely something um, to keep an eye on because that card, you know, wrestling cards have gone up a lot. Um, some of them have come back down some, but Hulk Hogan's in a different league. Sure. He is He's more like Michael Jordan. You know, he has mass appeal. And so, you know, some of the hot wrestlers – you know, like, for example, if people are watching the, the modern cards, like Alexa Bliss, you know, her cards sell pretty well. Well, 20 years from now, we don't know what's going to come of her. Um, time will tell. Maybe they go up, maybe they go down. Hulk Hogan's just different. He's he's a legend. Absolutely. And he So he is, like, you know, top of the game. That you can't get much higher than on top of that mountain than Hulk Hogan. But one might argue that Ric Flair is right there with him. Where, where can you find Ric Flair's auto, uh, I'm sorry, rookie at? Well, you know, there's, there's, I guess, is a debate 
in wrestling cards. Um, in 1978, Ric Flair is featured in a Victory Sports magazine where they're um, hand-cut cards. Now, I'm a collector that likes hard stock trading cards. Yeah. Uh, if somebody wants to, you know, the debate, I guess, is this, is that the, on the cover, it clearly says trading cards, and you're, you're supposed to cut them out. You can trade them with your friends. Okay. Um, I guess I just fall into the category where I'm much more impressed or interested in cards that have, you know, standard card features. So um, he's in the 78 uh, wrestling magazine, but if you really want his first uh, trading card, once again, he's in that 82 wrestling all-star series A. And, you know, that's a, um, that set is obviously, we talked about it last time. It's just loaded with legend. Mm -hmm. And what's really cool about the flare card is the photograph is from around 1981. Um, obviously the card was released in 82, but it's a great shot of the nature boy. He's got on that famous blue robe that he wore during the Starcade uh, match in 83 with Harley Race. Um, he also, in 82, if somebody really wants to get into the more advanced collecting, uh, there's a little rare Japanese set. Um, they're called Cosmos, and they're little kind of miniature cards. They don't have any biography on the back, so that is a hindrance in some ways. But it's such a cool shot of the Nature Boy, and those are super tough to find. They came in little packets in vending machines in Japan. Oh, wow. So not a lot of those graded. Um, I would just say personally, you know, if somebody's out there and they're trying to round out their rookie card collection, I would say the 82A is you can't go wrong with that one. So the that set, that set in particular, like you said, uh, before on on the show before and just now, but that's just loaded with kind of like a who's who of you know wrestling, especially at the time. Is it safe to say that you know the guys that are in that that would most likely be considered their rookie card just because of how uh, how popular the set is? Um, what was that last part that you said? It would be safe to say just because of the popularity that would be the rookie card, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's kind of like the 52 tops um, or the 86 Fleer of basketball. Sure. I mean, you know, if you were, if people want to get technical, um, the set we discussed also last time, the Racks Roast Beef right. cards uh, that came from the Nick Gulas territory, those are actually the first um, United States offered hard stock wrestling trading cards if somebody wants to get technical. Um, they were only offered one night. And the, the 82 All-Stars, uh, you know, I, I pointed this out last time, but one of the things that makes them so cool is the um, wrestling news made the programs for uh, the WWF territory and the Mid-South territory. And so you could you would see the pictures that they used for the cards in those magazines. And then on top of that, there were order forms. So if you went to um, every Monday night in the garden, you'll find a um, their programs have the order forms in there. And actually in 82, they also did, because they were based in Minnesota, they did the AWA program. So you'll see the Hulk Hogan um, advertised in there. So I guess I just think that, you know, those are the first 
more standard trading cards. And so um, even though, you know, like even in the case of Andre the Giant, you know, yes, he has earlier cards from Japan from 74. He also has a, a paper card that more resembles a card from 73. But, you know, the 82 All-Stars is, is just a, a different deal. And since he's on the, the first card in the set, you know, that has more condition woes. And I also think the photograph that actually pictures him from December 25th, 1978, where him and Dusty Rhodes won a tag team tournament for the Mid-South, and then they just sort of abandoned the titles. But you see Andre when Andre could move. You know, in 1978, he could do, you know, uh, hip tosses. And, you know, I mean, he would do back body drops and jump off the top rope. So, you know, he was really sort of in his prime. Right. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Andre, when Andre could move, that's a scary thought because he's a giant anyways, you know, but putting <laughs> hip tosses and, and jumping off the top rope for Andre, that, that's a real scary thing. So though he, you might be able to find him in early 70s stuff from Japan, that 82 set is really what we're uh, focusing on there. All right. I want to move on to some more current guys. Uh, I, I'm ripping this right from your Twitter page. You recently posted a picture of some uh, some Brock Lesnar's and, and, and Randy Orton cards that uh, are from this uh, awesome Royal Rumble set. Tell me about these and who else we can find in this. Uh, who would be considered rookies from this? Yeah, no, these these are uh, definitely rookie cards. You know, like what we've discussed before. I mean, there's some gray area, mm-hmm. um, but this this is beyond a shadow of a doubt. Uh, all all four of the guys I posted rookie cards. So. Um, in 2002, there just was a, a stunning crop of wrestlers in the Ohio Valley wrestling developmental territory that worked their way into the WWE at the time. And so um, there's a black bordered set. It's the 2002 WWE Royal Rumble set, and it's loaded with uh, rookies, as we've said. So you have Brock Lesnar. Uh, Randy Orton, uh, John Cena, and Dave Bautista. Um, And these are really condition-sensitive because of the black borders, but also there's some type of um, foil on them. You know, I'm not an expert on uh, the type of uh, paper or the the know-how, I mean, whatever you call it. It just, it, it tends to bubble up. So, um, finding these in, in really sharp condition, the only luck I've had is I actually bought boxes of them. And so you get 24 packs. Um, generally speaking, the coalition is you, you generally get about two of each card in the box. It's kind of funny because I've opened, I guess, five or six boxes at this point. And um, you, once you start shuffling through, you say, oh, I recognize this pack. You know, this is going to be John Cena or this is going to be Bautista. So these are pretty cool. I think the challenge with some of the more modern products is a lot of it's always been sort of based around inserts or chase cards or autograph cards. So these are standard base cards. Um, Brock is the only one of the four that actually has another card in the set. He actually has two other cards. He's got a one called a career killer, which is a little insert card. Um, and then he has a uh, event worn uh, card where it's a shirt. And those are ridiculously tough. I've, I've yet to see anyone that I think 
I have one right now that might grade an eight, but they're thicker cards, and so the, the, the corners show white, like, almost immediately. Mm. So, but it's a really killer set, and I think it's affordable. You know, you, you're not looking at huge money. Um, a box, you know, runs maybe – I've been buying – I've bought them between 100 and 130 and so, you know, it's, it's, it's not cheap, but the difference is um, you got to have these cards if you collect these guys. And, you know, we talked last time, Brock Lesnar was my favorite. So it was a, a given that I was going to chase after his uh, wrestling rookie card. Now, uh, let, let's switch gears here a little bit and talk about uh, football rookie cards because Brock does have an NFL rookie card that I've seen you post as well. Tell me about that. Yeah. Well, it's really cool because um, – in 2002, when, when Brock came in, you know, he took wrestling by storm. I can just remember, like yesterday, calling my dad up, you know, because I, I didn't really know the Internet now. You know, you know these guys are in developmental before they're on the, the, the big show. Back then, it wasn't quite that the same. So I just remember when he walked out with Paul Heyman thinking, oh, my God, I've never seen a dude that looks like this. He's perfect for wrestling. So... He, he shot to uh, superstardom and then decided it wasn't for him. And so he ended up um, doing a tryout for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, you know, apparently Brock had played some football before, not a lot, but definitely some. He, um, he made it to the final cut, but, but they didn't, you know, put him on the team. Well, in 2004, uh, when word got out that he was going to try out for football, they put him in three different sets. So there's the upper deck sweet spot. You've got Don Russ, Leaf Rookies and Stars. Um, and then you've got another one called Playoff Honor. So he's got quite a few different cards in the um, Leaf Rookies and Stars. In my opinion, my favorite is the sweet spot. I think that's a really great-looking product. And there's three different versions. There's a gold number to 50. There's a silver up to 100. And then... I think it's platinum that goes to like nine ninety nine. So um, it's really good uh, material. I mean, it's fun that he tried out, didn't make it, but was in the set. And you know, I think personally, if somebody's collecting Brock, um, they're probably going to like these football cards potentially more than his wrestling card. He's also in the UFC. I've got those as well. That was in two thousand nine, and he's got. Uh, Two insert autographs: a red, which is numbered to twenty-five, which is very hard to find, and then the uh, the blue ink. I don't I don't know the print run on those, but you know if you're if you're collecting Brock, you definitely have to go after those football cards. Absolutely. Now, um, I'm, we're gonna kind of go back and forth between wrestling and football here because another one that uh, I absolutely love that you that you have shared recently as well is Dwayne Johnson's uh, University of Miami card from uh, from Bumblebee. Um, tell me about that, and then what would be considered his rookie card in wrestling? Well, you know, the, the 1994 Miami Bumblebee set is really cool, and um, it also features Ray Lewis and Warren Sapp, and these were given out one night at the Orange Bowl back then. For I, I, So the first one I got was the BGS 9-5 Dwayne Johnson, and it had been the sole Jim Men copy in the hobby for like 10 or 11 years. So oh. I bought that, I don't know, maybe four years ago. Well, unfortunately what happened is somebody found boxes of sheets 
that had not been circulated. So these cars, you know, from the sheets handed out that night were super condition sensitive. But when you have a clean box of them and you, you know, break them apart, the population totals have um, gone up a lot. And so that car, you know, has come down in value some, but it's still an awesome item. I mean, to think that here's a guy that's playing back up to Ray Lewis um, and then goes on to be arguably the biggest action star ever. And certainly, in my opinion, top 10 wrestlers, and I would argue top five wrestlers of all time. Um, in terms of the, his wrestling cards, um, I'm trying to think, you know, he he's actually, I want to say in the 1999 comic images, um, that there is a really cool autograph when he signed it as The Rock, I would probably go with that one if somebody wanted his rookie. He might have one in a 98 set, but, you know, with the, uh, as I said earlier about the base card issue, I mean, a lot of his early material, you know, there's lots of them out there. So collectors are probably going to gravitate to that signed card. I'd like to get one. Um, I just, I've yet to... Um, actually win one i've bid on a few of them on ebay but um you know you just have to pick your spots sometimes sure absolutely uh the next guy i want to talk about is um recently and again in a twitter feed that we all kind of got involved in who who follow each other with wrestling cards is brian pillman's juco um canadian football league rookie uh now brian pillman for guys our age was an absolute stud in the ring and i don't think his career ever took off the way it actually should have but his son uh i recently got to see wrestle at uh mw mlw war chamber thank you by the way uh, to the guys over uh, at mlw for uh having me out there for that it was an amazing time i had a great great time good venue good show uh thank you again very much but i got to see uh the promised prince wrestle uh which is really cool because I saw his dad wrestle too. But tell me about that card and like what what kind of makes it special. Well, it's pretty neat because um, I, what I think is really cool about it is is you know for for guys that grew up watching wrestling, uh, WCW was clearly a uh, ongoing product that we all followed and watched, and you know, and uh, they had uh, obviously a lot of stuff on TBS and then TNT. And so Brian Pillman, when he came into wrestling, he he came in with a, a hell of a look. I mean, this guy was, you know, cut to the bone. I mean, he could fly off the top rope almost like kind of nobody because I, I'd say somebody that was closer would be, you know, obviously Ricky Steamboat and Jimmy Snuka and, and I guess Savage, you know, they were big flyers. But Brian Pillman did stuff off the top ropes that none of them did. I mean, he did all kinds of kicks and flying missiles and you name it. So, um, it, it would, but I guess to me, the part that I like about the card the most is if you remember, Jim Ross used to always talk about him being from the university of Miami and he played for the Bengals and he played in the CFL. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all right there on the back. So that was true. <laughs> so, um, this said, it said that there's 750 sets that were made. Uh, it's the only card in the set that I'm aware of that anybody cares about. Um, but it's cool. I mean, it's a really neat to, con- once again, you know, to think here's a guy that's, you know, playing in the CFL at that time. He, he was no longer in the NFL. And, and then to transition and go on to be a, such a great performer. And, 
you know, I've been really impressed with his son. You know, I think there's some of these young guys in that organization you mentioned that have some really good personalities, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that guy's got a lot of potential. I hope for his sake that um, that that you know he keeps working hard and, and gets a shot. You know, um, I'm sorry to cut you off there, but I, I just want to touch on that point. The that the roster in MLW is, I put it on par with with any of the other, you know, with like AEW or they're really, really solid. And they put on a, they put on a great show, but that roster is really hands down. Well, I mean, there's another guy I, I, I'm, you know, I'm not up on everybody, but he's buddies with uh, Cody Rhodes and he, he walks around with a scarf. Oh, MJF, Uh, man. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. That guy's good. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that's made, well, what's made um, wrestling so tough is now Twitter, you know, they're all on there. So there was a situation the other night where Brock Lesnar on Raw uh, did some damage to Rey Mysterio and his son. Well, a Twitter follower pointed out the next day, or I shouldn't say Twitter follower, just Twitter person, uh, pointed out that the son had already put it on his uh, Twitter page, like kind of almost congratulating himself that he had been in this situation with Brock. Well, I get it, kayfabe's dead, but to me, I don't really like that. I prefer they at least pretend a little bit that the guy was hurt. Well, some of these people in this MLW, I mean, they're on Twitter and and being savages. And so I like this guy, you know, he's, they're really playing up the kayfabe. And and I think that's what wrestling needs. You know, I think that's really good for it. I mean, who cares if we know it's predetermined? Just act like it's not. You know, have a killer character and and you know say some mean stuff to the ugly chicks he does on <laughs> on Twitter, and I like it. He man, he, it was a real pleasure to see him wrestle live. His he reminds me a lot of a, a young Rick Rude or uh, or Ted DiBiase on the mic. Just the way they they played the crowd, and he he's awesome. Speaking of him. Uh, a show that's premiering tonight. And I know this is this is Wednesday when we're recording this, and you're gonna, this is going to drop on Thursday. But AEW Dynamite is premiering tonight. Uh, huge names: Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega is really the one I want to focus on. Where can you find Kenny Omega's rookie card? I don't know the exact year, but he's definitely in some of the Japanese products. Um, he um, the there's a, well Finn Balor's in them too. Uh, BBM is kind of a, a go-to manufacturer of Japanese wrestling cards. So if I had to guess, I want to say it's like 2004 or 2005, um, you know, and, and he may have an autograph card. I haven't really um, had much of a chance to see him because, you know, it's he's been in New Japan, and I guess I could have watched it, but... You know, I, I, I'd rather, if I'm going to spend my free time at night watching wrestling, it's, it's a lot easier to go watch some old Ric Flair <laughs> sure. or, some, you know, I only have so much time. But um, he, you know, a lot of people like the guy, you know. And so I would say, you know, for anybody listening, the easiest thing to do is if you just go to eBay, type in their name, and click on the wrestling trading cards and, and just start highest price first. And that's usually where you'll find their best cards. And um, I, I don't know that you could just find them at the, you know, uh, the flip of a switch. I mean, there's some wrestling cards you can get on eBay or on there at all times. But um, you'll definitely see his stuff pop up from time to time. 
Absolutely. Let me ask this. On the, on the front end, you mentioned boxing. You, do we still have a second to, to talk about Mike Tyson? Yeah, because that's exactly where I was going to go next is uh, you – I'm not – I was going to sound like I'm washing your balls here, man. You, your, your knowledge of Mike Tyson cards is second to none. Tell me about the Tyson rookie. Where can it be found? I know that there are a few different uh, – cards out there that you will that people might consider rookies so tell me about the tyson rookie tell me what you think it is yeah so um probably i guess it's been you know eight eight and a half years ago um once i started buying the wrestling all-stars uh, i just said geez you know i i i, I kind of kept buying those up for investment purposes and in, in some capacity i said there's got to be some more cool people out there well, I came across uh, Mike Tyson had a sticker from Italy. And, you know, in 1986, people like me were unfortunately not buying the 86 Fleer at Cumberland Farms. We were buying the baseball, uh, the Fleer baseball, which was actually like 10 cents more expensive, if you can imagine that. <laughs> well, at the same exact time, there was a sticker album um, in Italy. And so if you look at boxing in general, a lot of the, the, the rookie cards from the 60s, 70s, and 80s came from Panini. So they're, they're legitimately, you know, stickers that you'd put in a sticker album. Mm-hmm. So it turned out um, he's actually got two versions. And so at first, people didn't really know uh, that the United Kingdom version is actually from 1987. So the 1986 Panini Supersport is the true Tyson rookie. What you're going to look for is Italian writing on the back. Now, unfortunately, the grading companies, you know, when they grade cards or stickers in this case, they don't always have perfect information. So you're going to find that a lot of them have been mislabeled. Um, where it might say Italian, but it's really the UK back. So you really want to look for that. Beckett or BGS was the first to accurately label the UK back 1987. Um, and so I was the one who actually first booked that news online because what happened is in the process of just trying to figure this stuff out, I went through the, uh, the sticker album and it turned out that there were pictures of some of the tennis players from, I want to say it was the French Open uh, from 87. So, you know, something can't be from 86 if it's, if it's, there's pictures from 87. And then I found some verbiage on the back of some of those that, that clearly made it clear they were 87. The, there was a time, I think, when people thought the Tyson was from 85, but it, it is 86. I've opened two boxes of the sealed packets and I can confirm for sure it's 86 it says says it on them but that's a super condition sensitive item I honestly think that you know people can debate all they want who the best boxer ever was my generation Mike Tyson was a wrecking machine you you know you don't usually see a boxer where you know they might gone four or five rounds or it went to a decision Tyson had so many early knockouts where you know, the person doesn't even get up off the mat right away. I mean, you know, we're not talking, hey, I'm stunned. I mean, this guy's, like, hurt. So I think the Tyson uh, is a must-own and, in my opinion, is one of the best uh, trading cards from the 80s. I mean, it'd be hard to argue that, from again, from our generation, that there's 
a, a better. I mean, Tyson was known worldwide, and he was the baddest man, the baddest man alive, and I, he's still the baddest man alive, in my opinion. That that dude still scares me to this day. Let, can we talk about a few? Do you have Do you have a little bit more time? Yeah, I got as much time as you want. I want to talk about some other guys from that era, though, because uh, Lennox Lewis is another name that comes to mind that uh, people obviously would have uh, some interest in. Does Lennox Lewis have a rookie card? Yeah, he does. So, um, the and I don't want to jump ahead, but Floyd Mayweather is a popular guy. And when um, I got acquainted with his rookie card. It was in the Browns boxing. He's from 1997 Browns boxing. Well, it turns out um, Evander Holyfield has a rookie from 1986 Browns boxing. And I want to say that Lennox Lewis is in the um, 1989. That's right. He's in the 1989 Browns boxing. Uh, There's not a lot of those made. The guy Johnny Brown, you know, I think he made a thousand to two thousand sets. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have a hard time finding that one online, or uh, if so, it just might take a few months. He's also in that Ring Lord set that's got the cool looking Tyson, but that's a second year card. So you know, when it comes to to boxing, boxing for whatever reason just doesn't have a real huge fan base of collectors. That may change one day. So uh, a Lennox Lewis, is, you're going to find that on the cheap side. And, you know, it might be something that one day goes up some. You know, I've never heard of that Browns boxing. I just looked it up right now. This is, this is awesome. This is, I, I see the first card I see is that, that Floyd Mayweather. This is, um, they're simple. They look, there's a simple design, but they're nice cards still. I would pick this up in a heartbeat. And he, Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather looks like he's like 12 years old in this picture. <laughs> Well, what's what's interesting is they change the design of them a lot. The Floyd Mayweather, those 1997 cards are really sharp and glossy. Okay. So it is a, um, it's kind of a card, I don't want to say it's hard to hurt the corner, but the corners are a little more forgiving, if that makes sense. Okay. Whereas if, if you look at the 86 Holyfield, um, those are on a much thinner card stock. And the way they're cut, that's a really tough card in high grade because the centering is is generally bad. I mean, I have one, but it's like a it's rated a seven. Whereas the Mayweather, most of those you see are nines and tens or nine fives and tens. I mean, they're they're um, they're gonna. It's not a it's not a super condition sensitive card, but there's not that many of them. And you know, once again, there's only a handful of boxers in the last take 30 years that are really sort of mega stars and whether somebody likes Mayweather or not nobody can deny I mean he's a huge star it's he's yeah say what you say what you will about the guy he, he is a huge star since we're talking about boxing cards can we go back and talk about the Rocky Marciano rookie card because that to me that's the biggest boxing rookie card that I know of is that fair to say um, let me ask you this. Is, is, is this the one that's the short print? Yeah, from the, what is it, 52 Tops ringside? Is that right? Yeah, where there's, well, we're talking about the one with, like, it goes for real big money, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, I think I've read that he, um, I don't know if he had a dispute with them or what, but they there's only, I mean, 
I don't I want to say the population of known copies is like less than 50 or something, right? right yeah, it's, it's not yeah, it's not readily available to say the least. It, yeah, that car can go for big money and I I would say that you know, if somebody's like an investor, I mean, it's out of a lot of people's price range to even try, but if you were to put money into cards for investment purposes, like a lot of the stuff I do, you know, I, I'm, I would be lying if I said I don't want the value to go up. I think that just sort of goes without saying. Now, if it goes down, it's certainly, you know, not the end of the world. But a lot of the stuff you and, and other folks, you know, when they're playing the rookie game with these modern cards, mm-hmm. the price swings are just wild, you know. So you could see a card go from 200 to 2,000 back to 200. Well, that's speculating. But if somebody, and I'm not saying there's not skill, and I'm certainly not saying people can't win, but if somebody wants to invest, and I'm talking about a long-term bet where you place some money, the Rocky Marciano card that you're referencing is the go-to card for boxing. Absolutely. I, I 100% agree. Another one that, I, it's, it's, not, I don't, it's not a rookie card, but it's an interesting, it's an interesting card to say the least. And when, when I talk about this, I'm not doing it in reverence of the Nazi party because it was a horrible, horrible, horrible thing. But the 1956 uh, Advent, Tops Adventure, uh, Max Schmeling, uh, there is a version of that card that ha- that has him standing in front of a Nazi flag. That card is hard to find, uh, especially in a good condition. Uh, that it's, it's an interesting piece, just to say the least, because of the history of, of the Nazi party, obviously, and Max Schmeling, who he was in boxing. Um, that card is is Crazy, crazy price too. Do you know much about that one? I don't. I, I, I think didn't they make? Did they make a, another one where it doesn't have? Yes, they Nazi did. Right. Sign? They correct. Yeah. They corrected it, and he's just standing in front of a red, a, a red background. But this particular one, he's standing in front of a, a, a Nazi flag, and it's uh, like if if you guys want to take the, t- I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna pluck, you know, pump up this Nazi card. That's not what I'm doing. But if you want to take the time to learn about. Boxing cards. This is a boxing card that uh, is absolutely worth your while to look up just to see the history of it because it's it's compelling. Um, well, go ahead. You know, here's the thing. Some some people are going to have a hard time um, owning something that has so much hatred right. um, related to it, right? Correct. But um, contra, you know, uh, Eric Bischoff coined the phrase "controversy creates cash." Right. So. There's always somebody out there that likes this stuff. Like, if you look, there's a non-sports set, the Horrors of War. Right. And the Adolf Hitler card is very sought after in any condition, and especially in nice condition. So, you know, I, I'm not in any, I don't own this smelling. I, I, I haven't tried to buy one, but I would say, if, once again, if somebody's sort of an investor, and in this case is okay with blurring the lines between ethics and investing, um, this is probably a big winner. Absolutely. All right, I'm going to get you out of here on this. I got one last set I want to ask you about because I honestly did not know about it until just a few weeks ago. The 1985 Opeachy, uh, is it WWF? That it has Randy Savage's rookie card in it, I believe. Tell me about that set because I don't know anything about it. Yeah, so unfortunately this is one of those sets that's been mislabeled. Um, the grading companies... Uh, put it at 1985 because the Opeachy copyright on the bottom says 1985. Okay. Um, that is actually around WrestleMania 2. 
Francisco, anybody who's seen WrestleMania 2 remembers Hogan versus Bundy. Uh, you also had a, a real popular NFL battle royal where Andre the Giant ends up winning. He had, I think, the yellow trunks on at that time. So that said, um, it's actually 1986. But uh, it is definitely Randy Savage's rookie card. It's a picture of him and Miss Elizabeth. I um, Many years ago, I bought, a, I think, 37 complete sets trying to find one that would grade Gem Mint, and no luck. Well, I bought for like $2 and something, a, a little packet of 24 cards. I saw that the Savage had good centering. I thought, okay, well, you know, it's only a few bucks. Let's give it a shot. And it, it ended up grading Gem Mint. So nice. that is a super condition sensitive set. Everybody who is familiar with Opeachy knows that there's a lot of rough cuts. Um, that something to do with the blades at the time. The Savage is, um, it's, it's, you know, you can find nice ones, but to find one that has, like, legitimate Jim Men centering is super tough, and then to match it up with no snow, um, you know, not a lot of print, uh, super sharp corners, it's, it's very challenging. And I'll tell you, that's a cool set because it has some other rookie cards. You know, I would, I would put these two cards as um, – top five most condition-sensitive wrestling cards I've ever encountered. The Rick Martell from the 82 All-Stars is, is up there. Uh, the Ray Stevens from the 82 All-Stars, you're never going to see a mint copy the way that one's cut on the sheet. But the King Kong Bundy and Hercules Hernandez from this OPG set are impossible to find centered. Wow. Now, they're never going to have the mass appeal um, that a Hogan or, or a Savage is going to have, just they weren't in that level of stardom, at least in my view. But um, a King Kong Bundy, I think I've got, uh, here again, 37 or some odd copies, and I have one that's graded a 7. That's the best I've done. <laughs> uh, Hercules Hernandez is graded an 8. Uh, once again, it, it, I just don't see it happening because, you know, unless somebody um, cuts up a sheet of those, and, uh, you know, maybe it happens, but, I mean, true pack-issued or vending-issued cards, it's just not going to happen. They're, they're ridiculously tough. So it's a fun set. It's also got uh, Ricky Steamboat in there and Tony Atlas. Um, so it's kind of – it has a lot of the, um, the, the 85 tops and its sister set, the 85 OPG, have, you know, the Hogan and – uh, junkyard dog and the sort of a players at the time whereas the uh, opg the second opg and it's there's no tops counterpart the second opg had i guess you'd say sort of the mid-card undercard guys in many cases so it's really really fun set and i've i've got a lot of them in nice condition um in my collection and it's they're never going to be worth as you know huge money but they're fun cards Absolutely. All right, man. Thank you so much for joining me today. I kept you on the phone for just about 45 minutes, and I didn't get bored one time. So thank you so much for that. It was a great conversation. I love talking wrestling cards with you, and uh, you are welcome back anytime that you want to come. You want to, If you want to talk about anything, come on back. You can, you can come. Yeah, no, I, I've enjoyed being on twice, and uh, definitely it's been one of the things, I guess, that's 
really cool is, you know, this Twitter universe, it's been fun to connect with other card collectors because, you know, I think one of the things that, you know, everybody collects different stuff, but at the end of the day, the whole process of collecting is supposed to be fun. And it's nice to participate and share stuff and interact with other people that have, you know, similar interests. So it's, I've been, it's been nice to uh, get to know you and I'm sure at some point we'll meet each other in person. Absolutely. I hope th- I hope that happens sooner rather than later. Now, before we get out of here, uh, give my listeners your Twitter uh, handle so they can follow you and check you out. Yeah, I'm uh, DPEC100 on Twitter, and um, I'm also on Instagram at 1982WrestlingAllStars. And what you're going to find, you know, I've, I've been active on message boards over the years, but it's been nice to uh, transition some of the content to other social media platforms because you get, to, as I said, you get to know people and people get to see some stuff they've never seen and and everybody wins everybody does win all right guys thanks so much for hanging out with me this week i really appreciate it until next week just keep listening cue the drake